Thank you for listening to the Servants of Christ Jesus podcast. Today's homily from Father Paul Koska comes from the 26th Sunday of Ordinary Time. To support the Servants of Christ Jesus, please visit scjesus.org. The first and uh, the first reading in the gospel both are describe a, a group of people and then one particular man. Uh, who are not the ideal that we are supposed to live after. And the first reading from the prophet Amos, it describes uh, those sitting on ivory uh, couches and enjoying <clears throat> various pleasures of wine and oil while ignoring the fact that in another part of their country, that part of their country was being overrun and that they themselves were about to enter into exile. And then in the gospel today, we have the story of the rich man who goes unnamed. It doesn't say what his name is. We only hear the name of the poor man, Lazarus. But this rich man is self-absorbed. He doesn't notice the poor man that is right in front of him. It doesn't describe him doing a merciful act towards him when he's alive or when he's dead. And so this rich man is completely self-absorbed. And even in his response, after he's been brought to the place of torment, he's still focused on himself. Get me, uh, give me a dip of water or go to my family. He's entirely absorbed in himself. And so we have both in the first reading and the gospel what we ought not to be. And however, we also then have in the second reading from the Apostle Paul to Timothy, what we, who, we, who we should be. And in particular, this uh, reading from Timothy is directed towards men. He's specifically speaking to Timothy. He's writing the letter to him in particular and then, you know, indirectly to us. You know, in God's providence, you know, this letter comes to us and it's part of Scripture. But the original intention of Paul was simply to write to his disciple, uh, to this a young man that he had mentored and then uh, appointed to be a bishop. And the the passage begins from what we have from the lectionary. It begins, but you, man of God, pursue righteousness. Now there's this beginning, it has this, but you, man of God, do this. And we don't have the ten verses that precede this, which is partly a description of Uh, describing that the love of money is the root of all evil. And so St. Paul is describing that, and then he has, but you, man of God, pursue righteousness, and then a bunch of different things. And so part of what I'd encourage us to reflect upon today is, and in particular for the men who are in here, are we living out what St. Paul calls us to do? The first thing that St. Paul says is, but you, man of God, pursue righteousness. Pursue righteousness means to pursue it, to strive after it, uh, to, to literally run towards it. It's not a vague sense of, I'm trying to do this, or, uh, you know, I hope that at some point it works out for me to pursue righteousness. It's actually pursuing righteousness. It's like if you go to work out, right, you actually have to like pursue going to work out and you have to go to the gym and you actually have to like try when you're in the gym. It's not just like you lay there waiting for somebody to motivate you. But that's sometimes how we 
pursue righteousness is we don't actually pursue it. And St. Paul is telling us today to pursue righteousness, to seek after it, to be willing to sacrifice other things for the sake of goodness and for the sake of righteousness. Because every good thing that the Lord is calling us to do normally requires us both making a choice for it, but also sacrificing something else. And so earlier today, right, when I chose to go on a run around Wash Park, I chose to sacrifice sitting in the Catholic house and being comfortable. I chose to sacrifice, you know, just doing random things. You know, I had to choose to sacrifice comfort for the sake of a higher purpose. And that's ultimately what St. Paul is reminding us today to pursue righteousness. The other thing about this um, is that uh, we, we are invited uh, to pursue righteousness itself. So he doesn't just say pursue whatever you want to pursue, pursue things that you like. He says pursue righteousness. And righteousness means being in right relationship with God first and foremost. It means living in a relationship of justice to other people. It means living in the truth. It means being in right relationship with others of those that are around us. It means that we, if we're going to strive for righteousness, it means that we're actually striving to live lives of virtue, lives of greatness. It doesn't mean simply aiming at not getting caught. It, does, it, simply, it doesn't mean simply avoiding hell, like I'm just not going to do anything that I know for certain would send me to hell. Rather, to pursue righteous me, righteousness means to live for greatness. It means to live for greatness. It also requires that we be obedient to the commandments. Strive for righteousness means keeping the commandments without stain. It means keeping the commandments without excuses or rationalizations. It is possible to keep the commandments with the grace of God. It is possible to be a holy person. It is possible to be a saint with the grace of God. Now, it's not possible to become a saint simply on our own strength, but Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has already been given. It's not like we're waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. The Holy Spirit has already been poured out upon us. And so we can have confidence that the Lord is calling us to holiness, to sanctity, which is achievable if we humble ourselves before the throne of God and we pursue righteousness with all our heart. The key to living righteousness in the exterior flows from the thing that St. Paul mentions next, which is to seek uh, devotion, to seek righteousness, devotion, faith. He mentions devotion next. Devotion means being connected to the Lord. It means being a disciple of Jesus first and foremost. It means sitting at his feet. It means listening to his voice. Because there's a cacophony of other voices that claim our attention. And so we have to be willing to have selective hearing. Now, selective hearing can sometimes be bad, right? When you're in high school, for example, and your mom's telling you to do something, you don't do it, selective hearing. But in this case, selective hearing is a good thing, right? Ignoring or blocking out the voices that are not from the Lord and listening to the voice of the Lord himself. 
who calls us by name, who desires us to know him as a father, who created us for goodness and for greatness. And we are called uh, to have devotion, not a stale devotion that simply is, I have to do it because I have to do it, but to realize the greatness, the goodness, the majesty, the abundant gifts that the Lord has given to us. One of the things that uh, St. Ignatius, the very last thing actually that St. Ignatius has in exercit and do on the spiritual exercises on the 30-day, which Brother Peter got to do this summer, so if you have any questions about the 30-day, Brother Peter can answer all of them. But, um, but the 30-day, at the end of it, there's a contemplation, a meditation that you do called the contemplation on divine love. And basically you spend a whole hour meditating upon all the ways in which God has blessed you abundantly. And it's, a amazing, it's an amazing meditation to do. And it's not just an amazing meditation to kind of numerically remember just the abundance of things that the Lord has given to us, but the fact that the Lord has given himself to us, the Lord has shared his own life with us, that he desires not just to abundantly bless us with particular gifts, but he gives us the gift of himself, that he desires that we know him and that we open our hearts to him. So we're invited to have that devotion that is rooted in a response of divine love, that God who has given everything to us simply wants me to know him um, and to be in relationship to him. And then the last two things that I would highlight from St. Paul's description of what Timothy as a man of God is called to pursue is gentleness and patience. Now, when you sometimes think about uh, the description of what like a kind of standard man might be, we might not necessarily think, oh yeah, gentleness is like a descriptive thing of, of a really manly man or whatever. But one of the things uh, that stuck out to me, and I might have mentioned this before at some point, I can't remember, but one of the things that stuck out to me last year was the opportunity uh, to do uh, some swim, uh, swim qualification training stuff with the Marines uh, at the, the base here in Colorado. And the guy that was doing the training for us, he was basically facilitating getting a hundred and something people through this swim qualification, both like some guys going through the advanced, the basic course, some through the advanced. And he was also doing qualifications for some people that were striving to go to instructor school. So he had a lot going on. There was a lot to manage for one person. And the, the thing that stuck out to me about him is that whole time, he was one of the best kind of instructors or teachers I'd ever experienced. And as I reflected upon it afterwards, he never like screamed at anybody. He never you know, yelled at anybody. He did have a commanding presence about him, but there was both this strength and this gentleness that were simultaneously present in him. And I think that's ultimately what the Lord is inviting us to, to be both gentle and patient. You know, somebody that has to like scream to get their point across uh, doesn't necessarily have as much interior strength because the greatest strength comes not from being able to be volcanically angry, but by being able to control your own anger. 
but be able to control your own emotions and to respond in the way that the Lord is calling you to do. And then patience. Uh, St. Paul reminds us, reminds Timothy, that sanctity and true authentic masculinity requires patience. Patience being the virtue by which we suffer well. Being able to endure through trials and tribulations, to be able to endure through temptation and not give in. Uh, This is what patience is about. And sometimes it can, the, the temptation with patient, with being impatient is sometimes simply throwing in the towel, right, when things get too difficult, when the temptation seems too strong. But the Lord ultimately invites us not to give in to temptation, not to despair in the midst of trials and tribulations, but to be strong in the Lord, uh, who gives us strength, who calls us by name, who renews us in hope, who renews us in love, who renews us in his faithfulness. And so may we have the grace this week, may we have the grace this week to be men and women after the heart of God. May we have the grace this week to live out the virtues that are described by St. Paul and to avoid the complacency, uh, to avoid the unending indulgence that is described in the first reading, and to avoid being like the man in the gospel uh, who fails to care about, who fails to even see those in need around him. But may we have a heart like the Heavenly Father who seeks after his lost sheep, uh, who raises up those who are downtrodden, and who renews uh, those that are broken. And may we have this great, that grace this week to become heroes, to become saints, to become witnesses to the truth, uh, both here on campus and wherever we find ourselves.